My name is Angela Marshall, author of Reality to Rags to Riches, the story and life of an ex-NFL wife. If you want to define your life and learn how to live your best life, you should be listening to the More Than Corporate podcast with my good friend, Amber Furman. Welcome to the More Than Corporate podcast, where we discuss finding fulfillment, defining success, and living your best life. There's no roadmap to success, no one-size-fits-all answer to fulfillment. I believe it requires us all to be vulnerable and authentic about what we want to accomplish and have the courage to step out of our comfort zone to chase our dreams. Keep listening to hear stories from inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. Today, I have this really cool interview with Angela Marshall. Angela Marshall, also known as Author Stone, is in Augusta, Georgia, native. She's an entrepreneur and positive words powerhouse that utilizes her personal life experiences of struggle, strength, and success to captivate audiences and readers abroad. She speaks with positive purpose and passion to motivate and inspire others while encouraging them through challenges. She is also a community advocate, youth mentor, and supporter. Author Stone is a motivational and literary messenger, professional writer, published best-selling author, columnist, mother, an ex-NFL wife, and business owner of In Other Words by Stone. In March 2016, Angela resigned from 20 years in the corporate world to embrace the purpose that has pursued her throughout life, to be unmasked, unchained, and untamed. Having struggled through a lavish but sorely lacking lifestyle as a former NFL wife, that chapter in her life proved pivotal to her wise words woman nickname. It also produced the transparency in her inspiring, inquiring minds want to know autobiography, Reality to Rags to Riches, the story and life of an ex-NFL wife. Angela has been featured on so many amazing platforms, including World's Most Amazing People, Conversations with Clark, Born to right, awake and on purpose, and so many more. I am so excited for you to hear from Angela. We dig into some really amazing topics, including having what people around you from the outside looking in would say is the perfect life, and yet feeling so imperfect and unsuccessful and what it's like to make that change when you're giving up what people think that they would give everything to have. I really enjoyed this conversation with Angela. She's such an amazing, pure soul. And I just loved hearing her vulnerability and authenticity come out as she shared her story with me. Before we jump into my conversation with Angela, I would love to have an opportunity to connect with all of you as well. If we have not had an opportunity to connect yet, please click on the Calendly link that is listed in the show notes and schedule a time to meet with me. I appreciate the time that you spend listening to this podcast, and I want to make sure that I'm providing valuable information to you. In order for me to do that, I want to know who you are and what your goals are and what you are wanting to accomplish so that I can provide value to you that will help you get there. With that being said, I'm really looking forward to connecting with you all. Again, the Calendly link will be listed below. Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into my conversation with Angela Marshall. Angela, thank you so much for coming on with me today. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you for having me, Amber. I am stoked. I am excited. This is like I don't know, to be able to be on the podcast that talks about more than corporate, because, you know, it's either two things. People want to know about your life or they want to know about your business. But for your podcast listeners and viewers and, and guests, I've 
I, you know, I've, I've noticed that being able to combine the two is more helpful. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. And thank you for that comment. I tell people all the time that I'm always impressed with where people are at in their life, but that doesn't impress me as much as the shit you had to go through to get there. That doesn't oh impress me as much as like, cause everybody can talk about you know, I have six, seven, eight figure businesses and I'm perfect. I don't want to, I don't want to know about that. Like I want to know about what you had to do to get there. And so I really appreciate that comment because that means that my goal with this podcast is coming through. Absolutely. It is just as important to know about the bad as it is the good to know about the, the pretty and the ugly. And <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't want to do that. They don't want to tell, they don't want to be transparent, I guess, if you would. But I think that that takes away from the whole beauty of your journey because it's not all about roses and yeah, I accomplished this level and I'm, you know, now I'm here. It's more about, like you said, what steps that I take, what failures that I have to go through, what, you know, just deep downs that I had to overcome in order to turn oppositions into opportunities. That's where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. And I know that your story has so many of those. So I'm so excited to jump into that. What I'd like to do is just get an idea of what it was like for you growing up and what you thought your life was going to look like. I will say this, being a rebellious child with a very uh, headstrong, I guess if you would, personality, it was interesting. I will say that. And then also from the standpoint of growing up light-skinned in a mostly African-American environment, that was very different within itself. And I ended up having to just get really thick skin quickly <laughs> because, you know, anytime you're deemed, I guess, the eyeball out, it can be a little challenging. But, I, you know, my journey, I would not have it any other way. I would not undo. I would not redo. Not anything because it's made me the woman that I am today. That little girl at that particular time had these pipe dreams of being a singer, being an actress, because I could do all of those things well from church production to school production. I always spoke eloquently. And then I was a really, really good storyteller, you know, so I guess you could say uh, I gave the, the definition drama queen. <laughs> I gave it. Yeah, I, like if you had to look that up in the dictionary today, it would be my picture. So, so I did that very, very well. Uh, but I did. I, I thought that my life, either I was going to be an actress of some sort or to be honest with you, I thought I would be a model. I like I never wanted children. I never wanted to be married. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get on this path and I'm just going to be uber successful and you know, I'm going to be this uh, this shining star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, Hall of Fame. And, and that's what I actually thought that my life would be like. Well, as we know, it did not turn out that way, <laughs> according to some standards. But for me, I am definitely, definitely that shining star. I'm just shining light in a different way, in a more practical and then also a more fulfilling way. Because, you know, one thing that I've learned with my story in life of an ex-NFL wife is that there was a lot of emptiness. There was a lot of void. But from a child with cer certain insecurities and flaws and just different things that had kind of developed within myself, I carried those over into teenage years, into young adult, into an adult. And it wasn't until I actually faced those things. And unfortunately, you know, it didn't happen until after the whole NFL lifestyle. But once I faced those things, then I started being free. I started being free to be me. 
I love it. I love it. First of all, I want to thank you for vindicating me because my mom has always told me that my picture is in the dictionary next to Drama Queen. So I can now tell her that she is wrong um, and it is not my picture. So thank you for that. I'm interested to know whether there was something, because I know we all have these ideas of what we want to be when we grow up. And then you ended up in this situation where you were just like, whether it was by choice or not, thrown into this like super high profile life. And do you feel like you had to give up some of your dreams to be supportive in that lifestyle? Or were there other things that held you back? I'm going to be honest. It had nothing to do with him or being quote unquote in his shadows. Honestly, I didn't even have any dreams. At that point, how it turned from this confident, just take over the world, little girl, to this, you know, intimidated or in intimidating, you know, person that had no idea who she was, what she was, what she liked anymore. I Honestly, I don't know, other than possibly some of the childhood scars and things that I went through, maybe that was like a defense mechanism to where I just shut down completely and don't remember, don't recall a whole lot. I don't really know. But when I was with my ex-husband and in that lifestyle, I had no aspirations to do anything other than be a mother. And I'm not saying that, let me throw that disclaimer out there before I get some comments. Well, what's wrong with just being a mother? Nothing. Kudos. If that's what you want to do, more power to you. I had, I, I actually wanted to be more than that. It's just that my life took a turn. And I honestly don't know when those puzzle pieces just started you know, it was like having a Spider-Man and then a Batman puzzle and a Wonder Woman puzzle and none of them fit. <laughs> I have no idea. But no, it, it wasn't, I can't really blame, you know, the NFL lifestyle or, or my ex-husband and say that I was walking in the shadow and I, you know, like some women can confidently say, well, yes, I put my dreams on hold. I didn't have dreams. <laughs> I didn't really have, it was like me living just to see him through his particular era or his season in his life and then my children our children but i had you know i had absolutely nothing uh going on with my life and i i can't i don't know i have no idea this therapy for me is podcasting shows tv shows as i get to talk about my journey a little more light is is shed which i'm so thankful because y'all are saving me a lot of money thank you <laughs> well, i appreciate that I won't even send you a bill. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it what what stands out at me when you say that is, you know, you went from being this kid, which I can totally relate to, that has all of these dreams of this big success and didn't want to have a family. And for whatever reason, not wanting to have kids was in your head as a child. It stands out at me so crazy that you ended up in a position where all you wanted to be was a mother. And I think it's so interesting how, whether it's a shift in what we want or whether we kind of lose ourselves along the way and just start going with the crowd, whichever one that is, that we can kind of lose course so much. And it's not to say that it's wrong to change your mind, but sometimes we just don't even understand how we got there. Right, absolutely, and, it, and I don't. I, like when I tell people, about certain eras in my life or certain things that happened, issues and whatnot. And it's kind of sketchy. They're like, well, how can you remember this part, but you can't remember that? Or, and I don't, I honestly don't know. I, I don't have an explanation for certain periods in my life, not just from the NFL lifestyle, but even as a little, as a child, 
teenage adulthood like it's just certain things that for whatever reason my heart and my mind has chosen to block it out maybe it's to protect me or maybe it's okay as you get you know as you connect and you grow a little bit more with your inner self you'll be ready for it i don't know <laughs> yeah we're gonna fast forward just a little bit because you end up um in this nfl lifestyle and we know from the rest of your story that at some point in time that's not fulfilling you. And um, as much as you're willing to talk about it, I would love to know kind of when that happened for you. Like, was there a moment where you just woke up and you were like, this is not the life that I signed up for? Or what was it that made you realize that you had to do something to fulfill yourself? Honestly, when our children <laughs> were getting you know, mixed messages and mixed signals. And I felt like I was not being a good role model for them. I was not being a good mentor for them because while, yeah, they have other outside influences. Like I do believe certain people that are in positions of power or, you know, that are out front. Yeah. They can be role models, role model, model ish to your children. You as the parent, as the caregiver, as the family, you know, the immediate family are the true role models. That's just the way I see it. So when I felt like I was not being effective in my children, uh, in their lives, I just, I knew then that it was time for me to do something a little different. And also when I stopped responding to my ex-husband at the time, meaning it was just like, I just decided, eh, I'm kind of done with this. <laughs> I don't want to be in this relationship. He didn't want to be in the relationship. Cause you know, of course, and, and, and I know this sounds really cliche, but it's true. The relationship is is over long before it's actually over. Yes. Okay. So for two years prior to our divorce, we lived this lie where, you know, because we had a big house, so I could stay on one side of the house, he could stay on the other side. And it seemed like everything was functional. And it wasn't. It was dysfunctional. It was dismal. It was dark. I mean, it was crazy. So I just decided... Um, Actually, it was November of 1999 when I, we went, we were attempting to go to, go through counseling. Well, I, you know, I had already thrown, thrown my hat out of the, you know, pretty much out of the ring. I was like, ah, I'm done. I'm just kind of going through the motions at this point. But when I sat down and I asked our children at the time, they were like nine and 11. And I said, okay, mommy and daddy are having some major issues. Of course you go through the whole spiel. It's not you. We love you and all of that. And I said, you know, at this particular point, because he was the provider and he was the one who, uh, you know, was absolutely making a, a really comfortable lifestyle for our children. I didn't work. I was like a stay-at-home mom, stay mom. But I felt compelled to ask them at 9 and 11 because I knew it was going to be a struggle for me to kind of get back on my feet. And I asked them, you know, hey, I told them the situation. I said, if you want to stay with your dad, I'm going to still be involved in your life, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. And I didn't do that because these, like I had one person ask me, well, was it because you never wanted to be a mom anyway? Well, that was then I didn't want to be a mom. Of course, I fell into, I grew into it, put it that way. And I love my children dearly, just like I love other children, <laughs> like I love other children. But when they responded to me, I'm talking about Amber, they didn't blink. They didn't, it was like a quickly, like, when do we leave? I knew then, and I write about it in my book. I said, I knew then that I, that our children were sick of us <laughs> just as much as he and I were sick of each other. And I knew that I had to do something differently in order to give them a chance to have some sort of sanity, um, you know, within, in their uh, childhood. 
There's a couple of things that I love about that so much. And the first one is whenever I hear people talk about staying in a relationship for kids, I, I tell them like, you realize that your kids pick up on more than you think, right? And you talked a little bit earlier about trauma as a child. And I don't think that we realize how much what we're going through and our energy and the things that, even if there's no actual trauma for a mm -hmm. child, how much it affects them and how much better off those children would be in a different environment with co-parenting individuals that right. can make a good life for them. And so I commend you for that. I also am really impressed at being able to sit them down. And I think too many times we treat children as children for too long. Mm -hmm. And there are decisions that um, need to be made that impact them greatly. Yes. And I mean, this is coming from a non-parent. So anybody out there's listening that says you don't know what you're talking about, I really don't. This is just from, you know, just your opinion. Observe, uh, observing, but like kids are so resilient. If they're given the opportunity to have that input, I think that's so powerful and raises stronger children in the long run. So I commend you for that. Yes, thank you so much. And that's absolutely correct. I think that children, you know, from the age of two, probably younger than that because if you think about it they are like imitating and emulating dance moves sounds and whatnot at such an early age and can't even really speak so from that perspective we know that they are watching us and that's one of the things that even now with my grandchildren that's why i try to be better and do better <laughs> and set really really good examples because trust me whatever the example is that you set they will, they will, you know, uh, take it outside of the home and they will do it. And people are like, oh, well, where did little Johnny or, or you know, Tabitha get you? Yeah. <laughs> so I always, yeah, I always try to set really good examples for, uh, for my children. And then I, I, I definitely exhort my children to do the exact same thing. It's like, you know, don't talk to them as if they don't have comprehension or understanding because they do. They understand a lot more. Now, of course, we don't want them to be thrust into a situation, an adult situation very early. However, understanding at their level is very important. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And so just to kind of relate to that, my brothers were eight and 10 when my dad passed away. And my mom was allowed them to be very involved in decisions regarding when she started dating again and things that would like impact them. And my brothers turned out amazing. And I'm so thankful for the fact that they had the life that they did. Um, but I, I attribute so much of it to being able to have an input in, I mean, and I'm not saying that you should let your kids decide what you do with your life, right. but having that conversation with them is so important. Communication, communication yeah. in every aspect of your life is key. Just like it's, it's important for you to talk to others. It's also important for you to talk to yourself. Yes. I, that has never been so clear in my life until I started out on this spiritual connection, like this journey for myself to where the same things that I pour into other people, like I can tell you, oh, you're so brilliant. Your podcast is this, you're impacting, you're influencing. And then I totally disregard myself. I think that's what leads to a lot of depression, anxiety, or just not feeling worthy, making wrong decisions because I don't pour, we don't pour enough into ourselves. 
So, you know, I, I do. I don't even care anymore. I know back in the day people said, well, how was it saying? You can talk to yourself as long as you don't answer. Well, I talk and I answer myself. <laughs> I think you have to. I mean, I've, I've learned over the last few years that that voice in my head is there for a reason and it's yep. supposed to be consulted. So, <laughs> so you make the decision to kind of do something different with your yeah. life and you move on. I'm going to mind read here for just a minute because I don't have any personal knowledge, but I am sure that your family was like, what the hell are you doing walking <laughs> away from this? Um, or friends. Like, there, there are always people around us, whether we're leaving a job or leaving a relationship or leaving some comfy situation that everybody sees as perfect. There's always people who don't understand. How did you react to those? Well, the thing about it is that people that have input, they are one of two, I guess, categories. Those that matter and those that don't. <laughs> Amen to that. So for me, the ones that mattered, they knew my situation. They knew my heart. They knew how once upon a time lively I was and just, you know, how I was actually living my life and not merely existing. So those are the, the inputs and the opinions and the suggestions that I valued because they knew me. They knew what would make me happy. And again, it wasn't anything that, you know, somebody said as far as against my ex-husband because I've never made this a bashing uh, you know, platform or bitterness against my ex-husband because it's not. I love him dearly and I only want the best for him. And at that time, I was not the best for him. We could not grow together. <laughs> so, you know, it was just one of those things where you have to make a decision what is best for you. And that was best for me at that particular time. Now, was it very, I guess, grueling from the standpoint of, okay, what am I now going to do for money? <laughs> What's going to happen to this lifestyle that I'm accustomed to? Because I'm just going to put it out there. I was not, how you see those wives on reality TV and they go through divorce and they still have red bottoms <laughs> and wine and all that kind of stuff. And they can, they still driving and living. It. That wasn't me. <laughs> I actually, when I say I decreased, I went from you know, a half a million dollar home in this secluded area. I went to a two bedroom town home where my children or our children actually had to share a bedroom for a year until I could get a little bit more settled because I, I, I was not after my ex-husband and, and, I, and I wasn't married to him for his money or his, his fame or his notoriety anyway, but I left with just child support. I never asked for alimony. I never asked for, I never asked for anything. It was just like, okay, take care, help me take care of the children. And that's it. So from that standpoint, people, yes, were like, well, what are you going to do? Like you only have high school education. You have two children. You've lived this supposedly glamorous lifestyle. You know, what's your next move? How do you bounce back from that? Well, let me just say this. I bounced back in a major way because I was then free and freedom and peace is priceless. I don't care what anybody says because I was living in a 6,000 square foot home that was, I'm, I'm sorry, not a home, a house because that's what it was. It was a house and it had, you know, it wasn't filled with love. It wasn't filled with anything that um, would denote a riches for me at that particular time. So being able to just kind of take a step back with my life and reinvent myself or I guess, you know, refocus to redefine myself 
it was critical. It was so critical because I'm, had I not done that, to be honest with you, I may not be sitting, sitting in front of you right now. I don't know where my life would, would have taken. And, and again, let me just say this very loudly and clearly. It has nothing to do with my ex-husband. He was not, you know, controlling, dominant, this person who made my life so miserable. That's not it. I made my life miserable. It was all me. I take 100% responsibility and accountability for everything I did, everything I didn't do, as I do now, even in relationships now, friendships, relationships, business partnerships that kind of go to the left. I do the exact same thing. It's not because I think the more you make it about somebody else, the more, uh, you know, your life will continue spiraling down because when do you take accountability for yourself? And when you take accountability or responsibility for yourself, it frees you. And this is like the most freeing that I've ever been in my entire life. And I will not go back. I love it. And I tell people the same thing. Like when they ask me, what's one thing that I can do right now to improve my life. I'm like, start taking 100% responsibility for everything in your life. Um, it is painful to do that. Like when you first start doing it, it hurts because you're, you're sitting there thinking, okay, I'm unhappy with my life where it is right now. And I know that I did this. Like I know that I did this, but once you can get in the habit of doing that and you see the dividends that you get back on taking responsibility, it's completely amazing. Yes. So you leave and you just have this faith that it has to work out. It has to be better than what you're at now. And I think that so many people can relate to that. Like we, we make a change not knowing what the outcome's going to be. Yes. So you're on the other end of this now. You have this amazing autobiography. You are speaking. You're impacting lives. If you could say something to the you from the past, when you were getting ready to make that decision or to somebody who is in that position right now, what would you say? I would say three words, live forward, live vicariously through yourself. You must do that. That is a hot topic, a hot speaking point. When people invite me to their organization, to their events, um, or even on their show, they always want to know, what do you mean by live vicariously through yourself? It really is self-explanatory, but because societal pressures has brought us into this whole, you know, society, that, that the societal norm is to live according to trends or facets or styles or somebody else's opinion in a magazine that is like, okay, it fits his or her lifestyle, but how does it, how will, you know, how will it fit mine? So I would exhort anyone who's going through what I've gone through. And actually to a, to a certain extent, I'm still going through things. I've not arrived. I'm not this guru where people can look at me and say, oh, she went through this. So, you know, her life is so perfect now. Eh, it's not. <laughs> but living vicariously through yourself simply means making sure that you define yourself because when you define yourself that's in all areas mentally emotionally physically financially socially culturally politically romantically when you define yourself no one can confine you and you know being confined is key because you're talking about freedom why would you not want to be free i'm gonna tell you and i'm just gonna say this for your <laughs> listeners out there the most freeing moment for me came when I actually went into a store and I went to the, the racks 
that actually contain the sizes that I actually am. <laughs> now that sounds so crazy, doesn't it? But you know, like some of us, it's like we get anxiety because oh, I don't want nobody to know I'm an eight, I'm a 10, I'm a 12, I'm a two, I'm a five, I'm a whatever. And it, it makes, you know, you kind of look like people are, are staring or, oh, well, you know, I should be this or that. But when you can just go and you're happy within yourself, you're happy with what you're doing every single day, it makes an enormous amount of difference and freedom for yourself. So I would just say live vicariously through yourself. It is, it's, it's imperative. So if you're <laughs> listening to this, you should probably rewind that and listen to that again, because that's so powerful. And I feel like there are so many times, and I know I've been guilty of it in the past, um, that we stay around people or in situations because we think that what we're getting from them, we can't get anywhere else. We live vicariously through our friends. We live vicariously through the people around us. Instead of like so many times people look at someone and say, oh, I wish I could have that. Well, why can't you? Go, yep. go try because you never know until you try. So to me, that is so powerful. And thank you for sharing that because that's, wow, that's really powerful. You know, I call it that whole whiz effect. You remember um, the, the movie that they came out with, The Whiz, and it was Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, and yes. But you remember, he was the whiz and how he would say, today is green, and then everybody turned green. Today yeah. is red. Get away from that. Yeah. Flee, 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 like immediately from that. And that is how you live vicariously through yourself. Now, you know, are there certain things that's going to dictate um, what you like, what you wear, where you go, you know, what you listen to? Absolutely. But even still with those, just being able to make those things your own is so huge in you being being able to identify who you are yeah yeah i i um i agree with that there it was said another way by a friend of mine that really resonated as well that i think will kind of go hand in hand with what you were saying and he says if you're trying to be authentic you're not authentic like you either are or you're not if you're trying to be authentic you're already trying to be somebody else like just do you that's all there is around it. They're like, so, and then the other thing I wanted to comment on, because that's so much of what this podcast is about. You mentioned your life not being perfect. And the moment that anybody thinks that anybody's life is perfect, like you need to check yourself because we see what we want to see. And we see things that we don't think we have and nobody's life is perfect. So if you think they have it all, I promise you they're going through they something. They do not. <laughs> So when you left, were there these, these doubts? Did you have support through your family or did you just have this faith that if you worked hard enough, things were going to turn out? Like what was that initial transition like for you? It was a combination of all of those things. So I had friends, I had family members and definitely faith. So all those three F's were, uh, you know, necessary for the steps and the actions that I took in order to be where I am today. Now, was it scary? Oh, absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I actually woke up in this full-size bed because, of course, you know, I had California King. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just being real. When I woke up or got ready to, lay, um, you know, lie my head down and was like, golly, like, what in the world are you doing, Angela? Like, okay. And then, but as soon as those thoughts would come, as far as thinking that was comfort for me, or that was my comfort zone for me, 
another thought would follow it immediately and that would say you are at peace and you need this road for you you need this road to define who you are because right now you're lost girl you're everything you are everything to everyone and nothing to yourself and that's a lonely miserable place to be at and i was that for many 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 years and now and this may sound boastful it may sound vain to others i don't care i'm everything to myself period Love it. because if i can't be everything to myself i can't be anything to you <laughs> right yeah. And you know, I, what I love about that so much is we hear people talk all the time about you have to love yourself first before you can love anybody else. You have to take care of yourself before you can take care of anybody else. And they sound so cliche, but they're so real. What frustrates me about the personal development world and that I think we're finally closing the gap on is that nobody ever tells you how to do that. So they, they go out there and they say, and, and there's not a one step path to get there. There's not this like proven plan. You got to figure it out for yourself. But I think that we as a personal development community are finally coming around to action steps and to actually giving inside information about how we got that done. And that's Absolutely. what I love about your story so much is, you know, being willing to talk about like, these are the things that I did. These are the things that I went through because I had to be able to be there for myself. Well, I will put it into very, very, uh, I guess, four words for your listeners and viewers, the steps that I took, which there, like you said, there's no one size fits all. And there's different, you know, different methods that I use, but this is the one that I use the most. It is the four D's, people, four D's. Decide you can't do anything, be anything, get anywhere in this world until you make a decision. And yes, unfortunately, the choice is yours. You know, that's whether you quit smoking, smoke, drink, don't drink, live, don't live, success, children, what, everything is a decision. So you have to decide. That's number one. Decide. I want a better life. I want, you know, a more fulfilling life. I want uh, more freedom. I want more money, whatever, whatever it is you want, you decide. Then you have to deal. D, that's the second D. You got to deal with everything that comes along with your decision. So either you will be rewarded for your decision or you're going to have consequences for your decision. Either way, be ready to deal with your decision. So decide, deal. Then it's determination. You have to have determination to keep going no matter how high that, you know, that mountain gets, no matter how low that valley gets, you have to be determined that I will not give up. I'm not going to give in and I'm not going to give out. And I'll be the first to tell you, let me just raise my hand. I am preaching to the choir, the pew, the preacher, the congregation, the deacon, the whoever, because I go through these emotions. I tell my daughter, it's not like just because I'm supposed to be, or I'm this positive and motivator and encourager, like I, you know, take a pill and then it gets me through the week. Like I'm just positive penny every second, every minute. Not at all. I have to, <laughs> I have to remind myself of these things constantly because I'm bombarded with a lot of stuff. I will say mostly within my own mind though, mostly within my own brain, you know, talking myself into stuff, talking myself out of, <laughs> out of stuff. But so you decide you deal, you're determined that no matter what, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care, you know, what I've just been hit with, what I've been faced with. I'm still, I, I'm, I'm going to keep my feet in the ring. 
I just made a post early on LinkedIn where I quoted a, a little line from one of Beyonce's songs where she said, you know, I'm going to keep running because a winner does not quit on himself. You know, a winner does not quit on themselves. So no matter what, determination, and then ultimately deciding, dealing, and determination, it leads to defeat. That means you've defeated that particular problem in your life. Don't be quoting Angela and saying, well, if I do the four Ds, I'll never have another issue in my life. Nope, just that issue, boo-boo, just that one. Yes. <laughs> many others, there's you know, a, lot, a lot others in different areas of your life that you will have to deal with on you know, a, a day by day, minute by minute, and second by second. Um, you know, just you will have trials and tribulations, but just know that if you do, if you practice those four Ds, you'll come out, you know, you'll come out a winner. One of the um, things that I remember seeing from a while ago when I was kind of in my shit storm of life um, was a meme that said, I have 99 problems and 90, 80 or 98 of them are completely made up in my head um, for no logical reason. And I remember seeing that thinking that's my life in a nutshell. So all of us yeah. need to realize that. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So I want to fast forward a little bit because you have this amazing autobiography out. When did you realize that you wanted to share your story? And I am sure this was a super vulnerable process for you. What was that like? Let me just say the very first person that asked me about that lifestyle many, many, many years ago I was screaming inside because I wanted to be so transparent <laughs> and truthful at that point. But of course you can't, right? Because there's this facade and there's this image. And so I tried to smooth it over. And then I noticed that the more I got asked that question, it was like the more irritable I would become or like I just felt like, oh my God, I'm gonna burst if I have to lie, <laughs> if I have to just stay silent one more time. So I don't know, I think once my, uh, at the death of my mother in 2013, where we, you know, we were able to have one little final bedside conversation, and she talked to me about telling my truth. She knew that I always wanted to be a writer, and she was like, well, tell your story, just don't put me in the book. <laughs> don't, talk, don't talk about me. I knew from that point that I needed to tell my story, and I needed to tell it my way. So from that standpoint, it was like I decided everything that I had journaled about, everything that I had went through, gone through, and, and to a certain extent still going through, I decided I would just become an open book and talk about my life because, you know, how dare me just be able to overcome certain obstacles and oppositions and not reach back and help somebody else because I knew I wasn't the only one going through certain things no matter what whether you're an NFL wife former NFL wife wife mother whatever we all go through crazy stuff so I knew that certain parts of my journey and my story my trials my tribu tribulations my struggles would resonate with people and I just you know I went back to that three-year-old six-year-old eight-year-old that would get up on stages so confidently and quote and recite you know, from Martin Luther King to Helen Keller to, I mean, just so many others. And I was like, you know, that's what I want to do with my legacy. I want to leave, um, you know, this world a whole lot better. I definitely want to leave people. And that's what I strive to do in my day-to-day -day interactions with people. I want to leave them a whole lot better than they come before me. 
And sometimes that can be a little draining because I feel like, eh, am I being used? But hey, that's that's what I signed up for. So, you know, no matter what their intent is, I still have to, you know, within my heart, just just be really secure. And I decided I was going to tell my truth so that I could positively impact people through my words, work, and wisdom. I love it. So for those of you listening, the book is Reality to Rags to Riches, um, the story and life of an ex-NFL wife. And you should definitely go check that out. It's a super, super powerful message. So I want to shift the conversation just a little bit and talk about the perceptions of success. So I ask everybody this question, what does success mean to you now? And how has that definition changed for you throughout your life? Success to me is being able to have my grandchildren, my children, family members, friends, just anyone that I am connected to and interact with, have them be fulfilled through my life of evolution and growth. Them being able to know my trials, my tribulations, but then also how I turned all of that stuff into triumphs, that is the ultimate success. And I'm going to tell you when I realized that I was successful, now I've accomplished a lot of things, but this one in particular, and people laugh when I talk about it, but to me, this is what success is because I know successful people but they're not necessarily significant because to me, significance is when you use your, you know, your success, your time, your talents, your treasures, your money, you know, to, to make other people's lives, make your life better, but then also make other people's lives better. That's significance to me. So I actually had the opportunity to speak at my, uh, he's 10 now, I believe, my, one of my grandson's schools. And this is one of, uh, you know, a a child who the attention span is not that great. (laughs) He's kind of like all over the place usually. But I want you guys to know that the moment I felt successful, like out of all the things that I've done in my life, and I think at the time I was like 46 when he attended this, you know, when, when I spoke at his school. And like I said, I've done a lot. But when my eyes would lock with his as I was speaking to his class, And he sat there on the edge of his seat, like his eyes were glued and glowing, like, oh my God, my Nunu is talking, she's speaking, I'm so proud. When I got done, truth, when I got done, he ran up to me, he hugged me so tight, and he said, Nunu, you spoke very well, I'm so proud of you. That was the ultimate success for me. I I was just like, oh, I done made it right now. That's it, I can just drop the mic, I don't have to do it. (laughs) anything else it wasn't about an email or a comment which I've gotten a few you know here and there from people in certain positions of power I guess if you would now anytime somebody tells me that I've changed their life or I'm helping them change their life or or I've given a a really good positive perspective and they thank me for it I applaud it I'm thankful for it I'm humbled but to have my grandson at that age who is interested in what is it, SpongeBob and all that other stuff that I, <laughs> that most adults would have to compete with to tell me that he, that I spoke, you know, very well and he was proud of me. That's success to me. I was, I have never been more fulfilled in my entire life because for me, that's what it's all about. I am not 
and I know some people believe in you have to be a shrewd businessman or businesswoman and it has to be all about chasing the money and all about chasing the dollar sign and materialistic things and, and being exposed to I can travel here and I can travel there. But for me, I want genuine and I want um, sincere love. I, and I want that love to be abroad, meaning, you know, I don't have to know you personally to want the very best for you. And to me, that's, that's what success is. Yeah, I like that. And, you know, recently I had an experience where I'll take that just one step further and say, I don't even have to like you for to want the best for you because my podcast coach Travis Chappell did an interview with Tommy Lauren in um, New York and I'm an immigration attorney there are a few things that me and Tommy Lauren agree on and I listened to that and he humanized her to me and I remember thinking like if we could have these feelings for the people that we don't like and could respect what they've had to go through to get to the positions that they're at, whether we agree with them or like them or not, our world would be such a different place. So when you talk about wanting the best for somebody, I, I think that applies even when I don't even like you. Like I may not want you in my circle, but I still want you to be successful. I love it. I love it. So hand in hand with that, and this is something that my, my own little like research project, because I, I never really thought there was a difference between success and fulfillment until I started doing this podcast and started hearing everybody's different takes on this question. So success and fulfillment, do you think one comes before the other or do you think they're entirely unrelated? I think they're unrelated because for me, fulfillment actually came once I stopped allowing other people to validate me. Once I started, you know, like I no longer needed their approval, all of that. <laughs> it's like, um, I am fulfilled. I am fueled. I am filled with everything that I need, you know, and then it eventually to me turned into success because I know that there are different definitions uh, out there for success. I'm not downplaying or you know, trying to chop into somebody else's version of success. For me, just the fact that I am, you know, I am fulfilled with everything that I need, which is love, light, laughter, life, <laughs> you know, because let's get, let's be real. It's a lot of people walking around out there, fat bank, bank accounts. They got the best of the best of the best and they're empty. They're hollow inside. I, how do I know that? I was one of them. <laughs> Add me to that group. So I can speak, you know, very, very freely and clearly for me, because that's what was happening to me. But no, I don't think that success, you know, like when you're success, that means you're fulfilled or when you're fulfilled, that means you're successful. I think they're, they're two, un, you know, they're, like you mentioned, they're unrelated, but I think that there is definitely something that, or, or two things that we all aspire to have or to be on this, you know, this journey that we're, that we're on. I am sure that pushing yourself out of your comfort zone is something that you have experienced a lot of from the time, I mean, throughout your life, you've made such big changes. What is that conversation like with yourself when you know that you're playing small and you know that you need to step out of your comfort zone, whether it's going you know, doing something that you don't normally do or whether it's something big. What's that conversation like with yourself? It's very simple. It's fourth and one, it's fourth and 10, go for it. 
Spoken like a true, true NFL, NFL fan. <laughs> it's like I tell myself, get off the bench and get in the game. I love I it. I mean, that's it. I've watched it just about my entire life from, you know, my ex-husband. Well, actually, prior to that, but my ex, because he was, you know, high school. We were high school sweethearts. Then watching him and then our, our children, they're, you know, athletic, grandchildren are athletic. So it's like I can't, you know, get out of the way of, of being in the stands for some reason. So that just seems applicable. <laughs> but it's get off the bench and get in the game. That's the, Really, that's the only way to win. I tell people all the time, stop allowing the spectators and the haters, so to speak, to define whether or not you win or lose. Because, you know, they're just in the crowd. They're not even playing in the game. So, you know, why would you even... Why would you even listen to them? Get off the bench, get in the game. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, you know, there's so much, no matter what sport we're talking about, there's so much about sports that you can learn about life. I'm a huge proponent of sports to learn things about life. And that's a perfect example. Like you can relate anything to that. Yes. Um, similarly, um, I know that there are so many people that hold themselves back for fear of failure. So how does failure play into your success? Oh my gosh. It, it encourages me that I have one more level left. I have one more phase, one more stage, one more, you know, power up, I guess, for lack of better words. Cause I know there's this game that my grandchildren play and they're like, no, no, we need money so we can get a power pack or a power up or something. Right. So for me, it just, you know, it reminds me that I have one more power pack left and, and that I can do it. Without failures in my life, I honestly don't know if I would be, and this is going to sound crazy because for me to just roll it around in my head, it sounds crazy. It's the first time I've ever said it. For me to not have failures, I don't think that I could be as strong as I am. I mean, because, you know, you have to have opposition or, you know, you got to go like against the grain, even when you're developing your muscles, you got to have resistance to develop your muscles. So I think that it's just the same thing because that resistance, whether it's mentally, emotionally, um, you know, physically, financially, if you don't have the opposition with it, I don't, I don't know how you could really turn it into an opportunity for yourself. So failures were definitely, yeah, failures were definitely necessary for me to be who I am today. I love it. And this just popped in my head probably because of your sports reference, but um, like life would be boring if we didn't fail. Like, could you imagine being a fan of a team that never lost and never like, lost. it was never close? Like, and not even never lost, but like they never fumbled. There was never an interception. Like nobody would show up for that game. They'd be like, why should I go? So that's so interesting. I have really enjoyed our conversation and I am super excited for people to check out your book and learn all the amazing things that they can from that. What I would love to do if you're down for it is do a quick random round before we go, let everybody get to know you a little bit. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> all right. What profession other than what you do now do you think would be fun to attempt? Oh, oh, maybe a dancer of some sort. <laughs> Ooh, what kind wait, of dancing? Wait, 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 let me clarify that because I know people are like, wait a minute. I am in Vegas, so. So dancing, dancing. I think I could probably do some sort of, I don't know, mm, dancing competition or whatever. I will be a dancer. 
Yeah. Love it. <laughs> um, if you could time travel, where would you go and why? Ooh, goodness. Uh, oh, I would probably go to Alaska. And only because, and I'm so, I'm going to just show how shallow I, I really am. There's a movie with um, Sandra Bullock and it's called uh, The Proposal. Yes. And I just love, yeah, I just love the backdrop, the scenery. <laughs> so I love probably it. would, yeah, I would want to go to Alaska, Juneau. Love it. Is there a personality trait in your life that's been most helpful to you to get to where you are now? That would be, ooh, I guess, being a thinker, you know, because um, one thing about it is I, I um, analyze a lot, <laughs> good or bad, you know. So I think, yeah, being a thinker has um, definitely propelled me. Perfect. And um, books, when you read them, are you like a holder and highlighter or do you like audiobooks? I am a, an actual book holder. I, you know, people have talked to me about doing an audio book for myself, but I'm like, but it just sounds, I mean, like you can't really read the words, reread the words, go back. Like you mentioned highlighting because my books look horrible, all of them. Um, you know, but it's just something about being able to feel the pages also on my fingertips as I'm reading it. I don't know. So yeah, I, I'm a book holder. Definitely. You and me both. And I have reluctantly switched to a Kindle because it's more practical, but I can still highlight and take notes. And that's like, right. but there is nothing like, and especially like a new one that you get from the bookstore that still smells fresh. Like oh, it's yeah. pretty amazing. What book would you gift to somebody that you think would impact their life? Oh my gosh. Listen, guys, there is a phenomenal book. Well, two actually. So uh, let me split it into twos. One, Find a Way by Merrill Hodge. He is a phenomenal former, and I know this is going to sound so cliche, like I'm promoting another uh, NFL player, but no, his story and his book is phenomenal. Find a Way by Merrill Hodge. Then I also uh, would exhort Blessed and Unstoppable by Billy Allsbrooks. Now, Billy Allsbrooks is this phenomenal motivational speaker that I stumbled across while just auto streaming or having a playlist on YouTube with your Les Brown, Eric Thomas, and some of the other big names. And he just kind of, his, you know, uh, YouTube video just popped into that. And I've been following him ever since. He has a book. It's called Blessed and Unstoppable. It's a 31-day guide, if you would. So you read a page every day and, you know, he has all of these tips and tools and just, you know, rah-rah and uh, other things in the book that are necessary for success. I love it. My listeners, I'm sure, think that I do this for them, and I do, but my book list just keeps getting longer and longer because of that question. Um, but I'm so excited to make it through them all. Um, I'm a music nerd, so I have to know what song pumps you up the most? What's your motivation song that can get you out of a bad mood? <laughs> oh my God, I'm getting ready to tell on myself. <laughs> People are going to Google and be like, you listen to that? Well, so let me just say this first. I am eclectic, okay? So I listen to a lot of stuff. Um, but lately, I've been listening to a hip-hop rap artist um, that goes by two initials, and it's NF. I think his name is like Nathan Furstein or something like that. But the song that I have on repeat 
when I'm working out or just, you know, feeling a little down in the dumps is paid my dues. <laughs> and he just talks about everything, you know, from the critics to, you know, different stuff that's going on in his brain, how he needs to get better, do better and all of that. But yeah, I, I NF is, a, I'm, I'm a big fan. So if you know him, tell him. <laughs> <laughs> um, morning routines. Do you have a morning routine that sets your day upright? And if you do, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, morning routine is always start with meditation and affirmations. That's the first thing I do, recognizing me, recognizing myself. Of course, recognizing the higher power first, but then recognizing me um, before I can recognize others. So that's usually it. And then I just go over as far as like my agenda, what I have to do for, for that particular day. And I write this long list of things that I'm going to get done. Usually get about mm, maybe 75% of it done. but. <laughs> I still attempt to, uh, you know, just uh, chart it. And because they say when you write stuff down, nine times out of 10, you're more likely to get it done. Because I do, I feel, a, you know, I feel a little compelled, like, oh, I wrote it down. Let me try to get as much done. <laughs> Let me try to get as much done. So that's my morning routine. 75 percent's a good a good number like i feel like mine's much lower than that but and my business coach has recently been asking me to send her my agenda with my to-do list and i'm like i might as well just copy it i feel like none of this is changing so i can appreciate that all right so if anybody wants to connect with you wants to learn more about your story wants to give you input on um how amazing mm -hmm. the value they took from this message was like how can they reach out to you what's the best way for them to connect with you yeah thank you again for having me i appreciate it definitely humbled um, my website is www.inotherwordsbystone.com i'm on every social media outlet known to man so it's either angela marshall or the story and life of an ex-nfl wife and i do welcome comments i welcome you know constructive criticism all of the other stuff you can keep to yourself because trust me even if you write it to me i will not respond to it <laughs> But constructive critique, absolutely, because, you know, I know that uh, I'm still in this journey to, to get better, and I'm still learning, and I'm still growing, so anything that I can do to be in service, I am a creative writing consultant, I'm a ghost writer, I speak, I write, I, I mean, you name it, I'm like multitasking female extraordinaire. <laughs> yes, that's going to be your new title, multitasking female extraordinaire. Female extraordinaire, so... But yeah, those are those are the ways that they can just Google Angela Marshall. And I love saying that because once upon a time, I would Google myself. And this is true. <laughs> I'm so vain. Oh, my God. We've <laughs> all Google, done it. I would Google myself. And of course, nothing came up. It's like all these other women. But now it's like, whoa, Angela Marshall got a few links. I'm balling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've made it when. Um, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing some of your story. I know that it is going to impact some people that are, that are going through some stuff. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I hope that something that was said resonated with you or provided value to you in one way or another. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the show. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Amber Furman. 
Also, I've created a Facebook community for followers of the show to interact with me and other members of the community. You can find that on Facebook at More Than Corporate. So go ahead and join that group if you'd like to stay up to date on podcast happenings and meet some really cool people. Again, thanks so much for tuning in.